All right. Well, as y'all can see, uh, Pastor Keith didn't make it this morning. But uh, I think it's awesome because it's a perfect message for a Celebrate Recovery pastor, right? And so, so if y'all are doing the fast with us, we're seven days into the fast and we're doing... We're, we're doing a book called Do It For A Day by Mark Batterson, and I just really want to want to say it's an awesome book. If you hadn't picked it up yet, go ahead and get it. It's a great book. We got ours late, so so we're doing it. Well, we're doing it late. We're a couple days behind, and it's still good. Would you imagine that? Even when you ain't on the first day with everybody, right? It's still good. So I just want to encourage y'all, get the book. It's really, really good. Do It For A Day by Mark Batterson. You can order it on Amazon or whatever uh so really this morning we're going to be talking about margin and mission we're going to be talking about keeping it measurable meaningful and maintainable and and really the the basis for this book is making and breaking habits right making good habits and breaking bad habits and that's why i say it's a a perfect lesson for a celebrate recovery pastor because that's what we do right uh i'm really asking the lord the further i go along to teach me about about the the differences and and the opposing views between salvation and sanctification right and especially as new christians and even as old christians it's so important that we understand the difference between salvation and eternity and what what God earned and paid for for us and that we have through through salvation, right? But it's also un, uh, really important to understand sanctification and the processes and the steps that the Lord laid out for us in order to, to obtain freedom, right, from sin, freedom from hurts habits and hang-ups like we say at celebrate recovery uh so the difference we'll look just a little bit this morning at the difference between those two things and just to start off salvation man jesus paid for that he bought it with his blood and and romans chapter 10 says uh that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that you'll be saved it says because you believe in believe in your heart under justification or under righteousness it's with your heart that you believe right your thinker not not your blood pumping organ it's it's with your your heart it's it's the seat of your thought it's it's with that that you think under righteousness under justification the scripture says in other words whenever you think in the same direction or accurately along the same lines as as god thinks then you're then you've been made just, you're, you've been made right. You're in right standing with him whenever you think the same way that he thinks about something. Whenever you think about your money the same way that God thinks about your money, then you're in the right place, right? Whenever you don't think about money the right way, you won't spend it the right way, and you won't, won't have much of it either probably, right? All right, so... Let's start with Hebrews 12, 1. It, it's, a, it's a great scripture. Let me get all my stuff laid out here. All right, so 
Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So let's just start with, with this making and the breaking of the bad habits. Let's start with Romans 12.1 where it says that let us throw off everything that entangles. Let's read that one more time. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. I just want you to notice this little subtle difference right here. He says that there's two different things here. He says, one, there's sin that hinders. He said, and then also there's everything else that hinders. So I just want to say that for us in this room, all the humans that I know, there's some things in our life that's hindering us from righteousness, hindering us from the goal and the task that God has for us, the mission that God's wanting us to accomplish on the earth, which is ultimately introducing other people to Christ, right? Ushering other people into eternity, right? That's the big mission, right? But everyone has a specific mission, a specific part that they play in the grand scheme of things, right? So so if you're operating in sin, then right off the bat, you're going to be hindered from that mission. You ain't going to be walking in that. You ain't going to be walking in power. You might dabble in the mission a little bit, but you're going to come back out. You may be trying to operate, but it's like you're hitting a, a brick wall because, I mean, something's continually stopping you. One, if you're operating in sin, if you're dabbling in that sin, it's going to hinder you. But also, there's some things in our life and we can all recognize this if we'll slow down just for a few minutes and think. There are some things in our life that's not sin that's hindering us from the mission, hindering us from the purpose that God created us for in the beginning, right? So we want to talk about margin, and we want to talk about mission. Let's start with margin. We need margin in our lives. We need, we need some cushion area, some, some, some room at the beginning of our day, at the end of our day, somewhere in the middle of the day. We need some time to be thoughtful, considerate, prayerful, and evaluative. And, and those things right there, you, you can't hardly get those things without a little bit of margin without a little bit of time to sit down and just stop and kick it out of gear, kick kick it out of the busyness, right? Is anybody in here busy? That's right. I know. I know. Isn't it weird that I, I, I bet almost everybody in here could relate with us this morning. Anybody in here so busy that that they can't even get the thing done that, that right now is in their mind, the most important thing, the thing that they've been thinking about for weeks, the thing that they know needs to be accomplished in order for them to move forward. And, and the Lord on your job, at the house, in your family. I mean, is anybody in here so busy that they can't even get the stuff that they need to get done done? Isn't that weird? I mean, that's phenomenal. 
that, that I could be so busy and so active that I'll be distracted from doing the thing that I know that I need to do the most. So that's an indicator right there. I think that that just illuminates a fact for us this morning. And that fact is that busyness does not necessarily equal fruitfulness, right? We can be busy from now until the day that we die and never accomplish the, the, the purpose that God had for us if we want to. We, we can die busy and unfruitful if we want to. Amen. Does anybody know about that? It's true. So we need margin in our life. We need time to think. We need time to be to be thoughtful, considerate. Y'all know what the word considerate means? It, it don't mean nice. To be considerate does not mean to be nice, but we think that it means that, don't we? But it really don't mean that. To be considerate means to consider something, right? So we need time to consider. Yes, whenever you're considerate towards others, that's being nice and we like that, right? But we need to also be considerate of ourselves, considerate of the lives that we're living. We need to stop and hit pause and consider and, and ask the Lord prayerfully, Lord, it. Is, is the way that I'm living conducive to the direction that you've called me to? If, if you've called me to, to, to minister to addiction and to men and to drugs and to alcohol or to, to, to lust and pornography or to depression and suicide, if you've called me to minister to those things in men, but, but I'm staying so busy with, with my hobbies that I'm not ever meeting with any men. I'm not ever going and having lunch or coffee with any men. I'm not ever talking to any men about, about the struggles that they're going through right now. Is that conducive to the purpose that you've called and created me for? See, we have to make time. We have to have cushion room in order to be able to think about those things, in order to pray about those things. I mean, some of us, we're not even exactly sure Many of us are still not exactly sure what all God has for us and what all he's called us to, but we know that it's bigger than us, right? I told last service, and I'll tell y'all too, I think, I think that almost every human that I come into contact with, I ask people a lot of questions, and, and, I, and I really try to get a feel for, for, for things. And I know that the majority of the people that I know from from a young age, for a long time, but they've been able to know, and, and I think it's just almost something that's implanted in you. You don't necessarily really have to learn it. I think that most of us know, especially if we're born-again Christians, that there's something in us, there's a seed in us that for, for a purpose, we was created for something that's bigger than us that's further than we can achieve, that's, that's much bigger than what we're walking in right now. Does anybody know that to be true about your own self? And isn't it also true that we can know that and at the very same time we can walk around constantly wondering, Lord, why is it that I'm not walking in that? And God, why is it that, that there's not a wake of glory following behind me where people are being saved and, and, and people are being discipled and, and, and being healed and made whole? 
Whatever it is that you've called me to, God, see, I already got a little bit of the vision in my mind, but I'm not seeing that as, as I go. I'm not seeing that trail follow behind me. I'm not seeing that, that thing being built up around me as I know that it should be. I mean, I know the vision is so big that you have for my life, God, but I'm not just, I'm not really seeing that thing be built up around me as I know it should. Can anybody relate with that this morning? And we wonder why. We, I mean, we know at the same time God's put something in us that's huge. But at the very same time, we're not seeing it. We're wondering, like, why? And, and I, I think we could start. I think a good starting place is with good habits, making some good habits and breaking some bad ones. There's some sin in our life that we got to bust off, and there's some good habits that, that we need to hammer out. Daily habits, things that we do daily, right? So to begin with, we need margin in our life to be able to be to, to think about those things, to be thoughtful, considerate, prayerful, asking the Lord. Not, not just prayerfully speaking with the Lord, but also prayerfully being quiet and listening for him. I mean, we need to develop our listening ears to, to where whenever we enter, enter into a time of prayer, we, we can talk and lay our request before God, and then we can be quiet and we can listen for him, right? And we need to be reading his word. We need to be reading his word. I, th I think that something that, that's really, really important that some of us have never grasped hold of or maybe hadn't lost is a... Uh, is a mentality and a spirit of, of uh, to be a good student. We need to be good students of the Lord. We need to be good students of his word. We need to be good students in life as we look around and do life together, right? We need to be studying. I need to be studying. And there's some things I need to know more about, especially if I'm going to move into what God's called me, which is big, right? I need to be studying. I need to know. I need to know my trade. All right. All right, so we started out with margin. We're going to move into mission. And I just want you to know this morning that, that whenever you implement margin into your life, see, there ain't no extra time. There is no extra. You got to say no to something in order to be able to get some margin. In order to have that cushion time, in the beginning of your day or at the end of the day or that hour in the middle of your day where you're going to stop and be thoughtful, considerate, prayerful, and evaluative, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to give up something. You might have to say no to lunchtime one day. You, you, you might have to say no to an extra hour of sleep. Lord, forgive me. In Jesus' name. You might, you might have to say no to one, one of my one of my goals, one of my one of my habits that I'm that I'm making and breaking is is just scrolling. So I like to scroll. So there's just something about it that it is just real easy. And I could just do it for hours at a time. And it's not actually ever earned me anything. It's never actually built any righteousness into my life right 
So, man, that was the first habit that I put down whenever whenever I started this thing is, and, and, and my, my first habit is to be writing and reading, writing or reading, writing or reading, writing and reading during my downtime, not scrolling and vegging, scrolling and vegging, scrolling on the Facebook, vegging in front of the TV, right? You know, you know, I think that I think scrolling and vegging, I think it's one of those things that may or may not necessarily be sin. But I think it's definitely hindering some of us from what God's called us to. And see, I think God's called me to a life of 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 studying him and getting to know him and being friends with him and making time to actually to uh to sit down apart from some other things and just be there with him in his presence see i really do love the benefits of the lord because there's a lot of them but i, I want to come to a place in my relationship with him where it's not about coming into his presence only whenever i need to get out of trouble or whenever i need to get into a blessing but I want to be the kind of friend that schedules appointments to go meet with my friends just because I like them and they're my friends, and I want to know them more than I ever know them before. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know the kind of stuff they like. I want to be able to go to the coffee shop with my best friends and say, he wants it black. I want to be able to say, he wants his with all that stuff in there. I want to be able to know my friends like that. And I want to be able to know God like that. I don't want to just know him on the surface level, but it costs you something. It's more expensive to have a relationship like that. Did y'all know that? Anybody married in the house in here? If you want that, if you want that more relationship, you want that, that, that deeper level of intimacy, then you're actually going to have to walk in there where she's at sometimes and, and and just sit down. And sometimes you may have to shut up when you do it. And then sometimes you can talk too. That's perfectly all right. I mean, see, it's that give and take relationship. It's really wonderful. But 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 to get to that place of intimacy that that you really do want in the back of your mind and in your heart, it costs you more. And the same thing's true with God. See, salvation. We all say that salvation's free, right? Ain't that what we always say? But it really ain't because Jesus paid for it and it actually was really, really expensive. But for us, members of the club, for us that have that have believed that Jesus really did come for us and we've decided, hey, hey, I, I want to be in relationship with him and yes, I want to reap the benefits of his salvation. See, for us that have made that decision and, and we've called him the Lord of our life and we've called him our Savior and we've asked him in, we was honest with him and we told him that we blew it. For us, salvation's free because he paid for it. Thank God because see, I didn't have enough money to pay for it, right? But, the next level past salvation is relationship. And it ain't free to us. A relationship with Jesus Christ is not free to us. It costs us something. We got to spend time with him. Do you know that a, rela a real good relationship with your wife ain't free? It ain't even cheap, is it? It's expensive. Amen. 
All right, let's get back on here. Margin leads to and facilitates mission. Whenever you make time to spend with the Lord and ask him the direction of your life and what he wants you to be doing, I mean, you got to create that margin. And, and then whenever you make that time, it builds in the mission, right? It allows, it allows time for God to come in there and say, hey, this is really what I want you to be doing, and this is the direction that I want you to be going. But if you don't make that time to listen for him and talk with him and study his word, if you don't have that margin in there, then you'll just be so busy that one day the batteries will run out and that'll be all. It'll be over with. Life will be no more for you, right? Life is going to be no more for us all. We all going to die one day. Y'all know that? So we've only got this certain amount of time. Do you know that your life don't go on forever? And do you know that, that the Lord's give you time? Kind of like money, it's an allowance. He gives you a certain amount. And he wants to see what you're going to spend it on. What are you going to spend your life on? Most time it celebrate recovery and, 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 and any kind of hands-on ministry where you're really dealing with sin and, and hurts, habits, and hang-ups, right? Uh, the tendency is to dwell on the bad habits that, that we got to get out of our life, right? And, and we kind of get stuck there most time, and, and we never really make that transition, or at least not much, from thinking about and talking about and studying those bad habits to making the transition to where we're examining the good habits that that God wants in our life, right? The the good habits like like generosity, being a good listener, studying the word, going out of our way to go find out where God where God wants us and then go there and do that thing, right? That's really that's really the mission. I mean, what God wants for us, yeah, he he wants us to he wants us to to be not bad. Anybody believe that God wants you to be not bad? Yeah? I, I want to be not bad, and I'm sure that God wants me to be not bad. But I think beyond that and further than that and deeper in, anybody Narnia fans, further in, deeper, right? right further in. Anyway, beyond being not bad and not being sinners anymore, he wants us to be good. He, he wants us to be the kind of men and women that, 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 that he longs to spend time with, right? He, he wants to see us practicing and developing and spending our time and ourselves on those things that are good and holy and righteous. In other words, they line up with his way of thinking, right? So I just want to start by saying margin will build in the mission. Now, three things we're going to look at. Measurable, meaningful, and maintainable. When it comes to these habits, making them and breaking them, making good habits and breaking bad habits, let's start with meaningful. It needs to be meaningful. If it doesn't mean anything to you, if it's just some random habit that you pulled out of a book that, that doesn't hold any value to you, it, it could come or it could go, 
then it ain't gonna last for one thing. And even if it did, why why do you why do you want to add something else to your daily routine that that's not important to you? If it don't matter, it don't matter anyway, right? So so we really need to be we need to start with one. We need to pick a habit that we're gonna make or we're gonna break. We really need to pick a habit that we're that we're gonna break and we need to be replacing it with a habit that we're gonna make at the same time, right? I, I'm not just going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise and eat right. I'm not just going to quit eating fast food. I'm going to start cooking at home. In other words, I got to actually go to the grocery store. I have to make sure that I have a frying pan. There are steps along the way that we have to, right? But why? Why do you want to lose weight? Is it because you don't like eating junk food? That's a lie. I like eating junk food, and it's easier, and it's faster, and it doesn't cost me no, uh, no, uh, no, no pre. Uh, I don't have to, I don't have to premeditate to eat junk food. I can just go do it anytime. It's all over the place, right? It's always there. Somebody's always got some. We all got friends that got junk food. It's so much easier. So the reason that 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 I want to get healthy is not because I don't like eating junk food, because in fact I do. But the reason that I want to get healthier is because I want to live a long time, and I want to be able to enjoy my grandbabies, and I want to be able to run and jump and play with my wife or with my husband, right? Anybody want to be able to run and jump and play with their husband and their wife, right? Those are good things, but it costs you something. Running and jumping and playing ain't free. Amen. So it's got to be meaningful. The, it, you got to ask the why first. Why do I want to do this thing? Why is it important to me? And then concrete that thing down on a piece of paper. Write it down. Put it in your phone so you can see it and remember it regularly. Talk about it. Put it out there in the air. Talk about it so that it comes up more and more, right? If you can remember the why, it'll give you power and grace for the how and the what. <laughs> Measurable. This new habit that you're going to make this new habit, this old habit that you're gonna break, it's got to be measurable, right? And I, I wrote down in my notebook that that not only does it need to be measurable, it needs to be clearly definable, right? It it doesn't need to be so vague that you just write down in the notebook, "I want to do better" or "I want to be better." If it's that vague, there's no level of accountability that can come. It needs to be so clear that you can write it down on a piece of paper and you can hand it to your friend and say, can you hold me accountable on this? Can you ask me about this? Can you remind me about this? And it ought to be so clear that they can say, oh, yeah, you're wanting to be able to do 50 push-ups by the time you go to bed each night. Yeah. Yeah, are you gonna? And then you, they can ask you. You know, are you, do you got a little notebook where you're gonna write down ten and ten and ten, or or how you know? So it needs to be clearly definable, right? Our new habits that we're gonna make need to be clearly definable. They need to have 
need to have deadlines. We need to have timelines. We need to have amounts, right? Things that you can measure. Things that you can that you can put words around and define clearly. When it when it comes to breaking the bad habits, the the same thing is true. It needs to be measurable. It's not just that I'm going to be a better person. It's that I'm not going to smoke that anymore. I'm not going to smoke those cigarettes anymore. It's not just that I want to be a good person. It's it's that I'm not going to watch that anymore. My eyes ain't going to look on that thing anymore. It's not just that I want to end up being a better person. It's that I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to say these particular words anymore. I'm not going to say these words because they injure my friends or, 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 or their curses or they're not blessings. I'm only going to speak life over my family. I'm only going to speak those things which line up with the Word of God and how He feels about me and how He feels about my family. So I wrote down, Margin gives us the cushion room to grow freely into who we were created to be by giving us time to be thoughtful, considerate, and prayerful and evaluative. Margin leads to mission. In, uh, in Matthew 5, Jesus said, If it causes you to sin, cut it off, right? So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And I just want to add right there that, man, if it's so serious that you need to gouge your eye out or cut your hand off, then, then we need to be looking at something, right? But for most of us, is it, is it not that our eye is what's causing us the problem or it's not our hand that's causing us the problem? Isn't it our daily habits, the things that we do regularly that draw us into a place of sin or distraction, right? For me, scrolling's one of them. I mean, whenever I get to scrolling, it just leads me into all kinds of places that I don't need to go, doesn't it? For me, it does. I mean, whether you're scrolling Facebook or scrolling YouTube, it just doesn't lead to good places for me. It draws me in deeper and deeper. And it starts, for me, it starts by just coming home plopping down on the couch when I, there's really a ton of stuff I'm supposed to be doing, right? I'm supposed to be out there cleaning up that shed. I'm supposed to be fixing the floor. I'm supposed to be doing some of these things that what my wife's wanting me to do to get this house going, right? But if instead I just trade that in and plop down in the couch, then one thing leads to another. All right. So if it causes you to sin, cut it off. And if it directs you to righteousness and the mission, then I put habit it. Make it a habit. 
if it causes you to sin, cut it off. But if it leads you to righteousness and the plan that God has for you and the direction that you know you're supposed to be going, make it a habit, right? It's the two flip sides of the coin. We want to destroy those old bad habits, but we want to start new good habits. And and speaking of that, I just want to plug CR and step study classes. And we, we put the announcement up when we started that uh, – uh january the 16th uh that's the day right was supposed to be our first step study class but it's not going to be because there's a lot of people sick so we pushed it back to february the 6th so if you're interested in getting in a step study class where we're really going to dig into a deeper level of working the steps knocking down some bad habits and making some new good ones i mean that's really what a step study de- deals with then february 6th y'all still got time to get in we'll put a sign up sheet out here on the desk and that'll be sunday mornings that'll be sunday mornings right here uh in the first modular out there at 11 o'clock amen all right so it needs to be meaningful it needs to be measurable and it needs to be maintainable it's got to be maintainable on a daily basis in the book he he teaches about this thing called reverse engineering your goals your dreams your plans right and and basically that fancy little phrase right there all it means is 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 you see what it is that you want where you want to be your goal your dream whatever it is that you want you see it and then you get a piece of paper out and you write down the steps starting at your goal backwards all the way until you get to the place where you're standing at right now today you reverse the steps so it's got to be maintainable right what does that mean it means that after you reverse engineer your steps and you come all the way to the place where you're at today if the very first step is not one that you can take and achieve today then you've left out a step at least one the very first step has to be one that you can take today not not 10 years from now not five years from now not next week not tomorrow it's got to be a step that you can make today to put you in the direction of achieving it if you don't have that step wrote down then it's not maintainable daily it's only still it's only still further off it's only still a dream it's only still yet not achievable you can't see yourself making it there if you can't do something today right we said that we said that consistency beats intensity every day of the week i know i know growing up i've always i've always thought that that i got the strength and the power i've always i've always told people i i can outwork anybody i can i can run faster i can jump higher and all these things and maybe it was true whenever i was young for a short distance but what i'm learning now at 35 and some of y'all are like huh but what I'm learning now at 35 is that consistency to do something day after day 
is so much better than just being able to run as fast as I can from here back there. To be able to run that marathon and continue going, keep going, keep going, it, 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 it's the domino effect that, that Pastor Keith talked about. Y'all remember that, the, the domino effect? A two-inch domino can knock over a three-inch domino, and a three-inch domino has the power and the force and the speed to knock over like a five-inch domino. I don't even remember what it is now. But it continues to build to the point that like 16 dominoes later, there's enough power, energy, and momentum there to knock over the, the leaning tower. Now, maybe the 21st domino, I can't remember exactly which number it was, has enough power and force and momentum to knock over the Washington Monument just after 21 dominoes. That's pretty amazing. That's the power of a daily habit, getting up and do it, doing it today, getting up and doing it tomorrow. I love preaching about Noah. What was it that Noah did that was so supernatural and powerful? Did, did he have some kind of miraculous superhuman strength that, that enabled him to be able to build that ark? No, he didn't. He just got up each morning, drank a cup of coffee, had a couple of eggs, and then he put on his tool belt, and he went out there, and he put a level on the board, and he cut it, and he nailed it up. I mean, he only nailed just a, a, a few, you know, however many boards a day, maybe 100, 200 boards in a day. I mean, you can imagine the progress as it stretched out. I mean, at first, it looked like he wasn't ever going to get that thing done, especially when everybody was laughing, right? But he built that thing, and it actually took him a long time, right? Bible says it took him a long time. So, Lord, I just want, I just want to pray, God, get, give me the same anointing that Noah had that I could get up each day and just put on my work boots and my gloves and I could go at it and I could study your word and I could, I could spend time with you and I could make daily steps to achieve what it is that you've purposed for me. And if I do that, I believe I'll build an ark. I believe I'll build something that's huge. And, and, and a thousand years from now, when they look back and they see that thing and they read about it and they look at the old video clips about what it was that I built with my life, they'll say, man, God gave him some kind of, God really did like him. God really gave him some kind of superhuman power that, that look at that thing. It's not even possible that a human could do that. But what I want you to get is this. The thing that God's called you to do, he's enabled you to build that thing, and you don't need nothing else. You're not, you're not lacking on supplies or materials or energy or passion. You just got to get up and build that thing today. You got to hammer up the first board today. Because the thing that God's purposed in your heart for you to do, he's enabled you to do it. The Bible says we have everything we need for life and godliness in Jesus' name, amen. You're not short at anything.
We have to eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? Small bites create small victories. It's better to have a hundred small victories than one big victory because a hundred victories later, you've created a sustainable habit. So what are you going to do today to step closer to your habit? What are you going to do today to step closer to your habit? And when you do it, celebrate. When you make that one step, celebrate. Write it down. Tell your friends. Tell your brother. Tell your dad. Tell your mom. Look what I did today. I know it don't look real big to you, but it's one step closer to my goal. Meaningful, measurable, and maintainable. You can do this. We can do this. The power of sin has been broken and the power of habits are under our control. Let me go back and read this scripture because this is really the heartbeat of it all. Romans 6, when he, Jesus, died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to, of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. As we look at this thing, let me just ask y'all, has anybody in here ever, ever struggled with any kind of habits bad habits or or sin that 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 you know wasn't conducive to to the life god's called you to live anybody ever struggle with anything like like for a like for a long time especially like struggle with it like i mean you wanted to come up out of it but you just you ain't been able to you just stay there i mean you go back and you go forth you have a little victory and then you go back and then you tell lord the lord that you ain't never going to do that no more and then you go back over there again anybody ever dealt with anything like that in their life i have so i find it real interesting that a lot of times I think especially if you're born again because the Lord's constantly, the Holy Spirit's constantly in there speaking to you, right? That's the advantage to being born again. If anybody in here is not, that's just a, a shameless plug. There's advantages and benefits to being born again. The Holy Spirit's constantly in there drawing us, speaking to us, right? But but I just find it really, really, really interesting that, that a lot of times whatever that thing is, right, it's different for everybody. For some of us, it's eating donuts, right? And God's told us, man, I don't really want you eating donuts, but we, we eat them all the time, you know, and we eat a lot more of them than we're supposed to, right? For some of us, that's a thing. Uh, and, and for some of us, man, it's looking at or watching something that we ain't supposed to be, right? Man, there's some of us that deal with that. For some of us, it's smoking that thing that God said he ain't wants to be smoking, whether it's cigarette or meth. 
right? Have you ever noticed that that when it starts, I'm, I'm talking about in the moment, I'm talking about right here in real life, so, so you're doing real good, and then all of a sudden this thing comes up, and it's like, now all of a sudden you want one of them donuts, right? And you see them over there, and God's like, nah, don't do it. So, but then you go on over there, and, and, and the Lord probably tell you two or three times, don't, right? Don't do it. Don't turn that on. Don't go to that channel. Don't say that, whatever it is. And the Lord's speaking to you right there in that moment, and you can hear him, but you're really kind of like, hang on, hang on. Hang on, just give me just a minute. And actually, you're telling all kind of lies in the moment, right? Because you're telling God, you're like, well, I really ain't going all the way over there anyway. I was just going to go right over here a little bit, kind of close to it, you know. I wasn't, I mean, actually, I was only going to eat one bite of the donut. Lord, Lord, I'm not going to eat more than what I'm supposed to, even though me and you already talked about this previously, and we decided together that I wasn't going to eat any donuts. So I know, but I'm just going to have a little bit of donut, right? So that's, so that whole this whole thing is going on this this controversy this this conversation between us and God right and then and then and then it gets to the point where where you've done told God to shut up two or three times you know and leave you alone for just another minute so then pretty much he does or maybe the noise of your sin gets so loud that you don't hear him as you're actively engaged in it right maybe that's what it is I don't know but. But then this phenomenon happens afterwards. So right in the beginning, is in the beginning, the devil is is encouraging you towards this thing. Uh, sometimes, most time, actually, I think it's our flesh that's encouraging us towards it because we really like the way that donuts taste when they got the bacon and the maple on them. You know, the maple sugar. But so really, it's our flesh. That's, that's driving us towards this thing. I mean, we just like them, and we want one, you know, and, and we're just imagining how good it tastes whenever I get one. So our flesh is driving us towards this thing, and sometimes Satan helps, but I think it's mostly our flesh. But we're, being, we're, we're, we're just wanting it, and we're chasing after this thing, and we're wanting it. And then, and then afterwards, y'all don't get real holy. Afterwards, right after this this thing happens to where, I mean, you might you might have a little bit of joy there for a few seconds, right? But then after one or two minutes passes, have you ever noticed that that heaviness comes on pretty much immediately? Condemnation, right, comes on pretty much immediately. Now I want you to know that that conviction comes from God, but condemnation don't, right? So so conviction comes from God and condemnation. Don't, but almost immediately this condemnation comes on you, and it's, it's from the enemy, and he's saying, well, you ain't ever going to make it, and you ain't ever going to come up out of that, and you ain't no good for anything, and you don't ever do good. See, all that condemnation is, is this vague, total encompassing of, of, just, of just insults against you and bringing you down, right? That's condemnation. That's not from God. But isn't it weird that... That right after you've engaged in that that whatever that is, that sinful act, whatever it was, right afterwards this condemnation comes on you and it's real, real heavy. And at that point, you really got two different directions that you can go. One, you can allow that, that heaviness to stay on you. And you can say, you know what, I know that I wasn't supposed to do that. And really, I, I'm pretty upset that I did 
but you know maybe the devil's right and maybe I won't ever come up out of this and I've already messed up that much so I might as well stay over here and and I'm already dirty now so I might as well go a little further my hands are already stained up now so I might as well play a little longer I've already been living in this crap so long I might as well stay a little longer I mean I probably ain't gonna make it out anyway so that's one direction that we can go directly after sin, right? We can just kind of, kind of, kind of, it's almost, that's almost the default mode pretty much. It's just to, it's just to, to sink down into a place of accepting our fate and having to stay right there. But there is another direction that we can choose in that moment. And, and for a lot of us in this room, man, we, we've went both ways several times. We've chose that. We've also chose this other way several times. And the other choice that you can make directly after sin is you can say, you know what, God, I know that the whole time I was messing with that and leading up to it, you was telling me not to, and you told me not to go there, and you told me to turn that off, and you told me not to do that, and you told me not to say that, and you told me please don't put that in your mouth and don't eat it, and don't you have goals, and don't you have a dream, and don't you have a vision, and don't you know your family's counting on you? And God, I know that you was telling me all that stuff the whole time and that I was pretty much like ignoring you and telling you to leave me alone. I know that that's true, but... You know what? I am sorry, God. And I know I should have been sorrier a few minutes ago right before I did it, and I should have stopped up short, and I didn't. And I apologize for that. But, God, I really don't want to live in that place no more. And, God, I really don't want to do like that no more. And I don't really want to eat that stuff no more. And I really do want to change, God. And, and I really ain't sure how I'm going to do it. But I really do want you. And I really do want a relationship with you. And I really do want to live and walk in the power and the purpose that you have for me. Walking in your grace each day in communication with you, hearing from you and talking to you, seeing revelations in your word. I really do want that. And I don't want that. Even though just now, yeah, I had my fill. Even though I ain't full. Right? I don't ever fill you up. Immediately afterwards, there's an empty feeling, isn't it? Immediately afterwards, there's an empty feeling in your gut. It's like, ah, it's really weird feeling because, because you just had your fill, but now you're immediately empty, so you can take more, but, it, it, but, the, but the craving will subside for a moment, right? For a moment, because now you're dealing with something else. You're dealing with guilt and shame, right? So, so I just want you to notice this really, really interesting thing. In that moment when, when, when you should have already quit a while ago and you should already stop before you got started or you should have stopped halfway in the middle of it and you didn't, but then right afterwards where, where you sincerely come before the Lord and you say, God, I repent and I don't want that no more. Isn't it really fascinating that God reassures you in that moment and tells you, Hey, you know what? You ain't got to live there no more if you don't want to. He says, and hey, you, you, you don't have to keep doing that if you don't want to. And you actually can live in victory and success. And you actually can be exactly the man that I created you to be, walking in power and doing what I've called you to. 
He says, you really can live that life, and you actually don't have to eat any more of them donuts, and it ain't that big of a deal. You can come all the way up out of it. You don't have to watch that ever again. You can come all the way up out of it. You ain't got to talk like that no more. You ain't got to treat her like that no more. All these things, right, that we deal with right afterwards when we repent and get serious with the Lord and we talk to him and we have that conversation and we ask him, God, I really ain't sure how you're going to rescue me, but I really do need you and I want you to rescue me. I need your help. I ain't sure how, but I believe in you. At that moment of repentance, there, there's an assurance that comes from God, and he tells us, oh, yeah, you ain't got to go back there no more. And isn't it weird that whenever he tells us that, I, I'm really hoping that some other people has encountered this. I'm pretty sure we have, that, that immediately after we repent and God says, it's okay, I'll bring you up out of it, there's a cleanness and there's a strength that comes on us. And, and the very next step we take up out of there, we're confident. And we know that we're not going back. Has anybody ever experienced that before? Now, some of us have experienced that a hundred times. And there was a confidence and a boldness. And we knew that we wasn't ever going to go back there before. But we did again. There's some of us in here that's been that way and done that. But, but let's not jump ahead of ourselves just yet. I don't want, I, I don't want to jump to the part where you went back. I, I, want to, I want to pause right here in the moment where you repented, you got serious, and you got sincere with the Lord, and he reassured you that you didn't have to go back there no more. And in that moment, was there not a confidence and a hope, and you really thought you had a chance to come on by to this thing. Isn't that, has anybody experienced that before? Whether you went back or not, I think most of us really have experienced that, even us that's went back. So, let me read this one more time. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of grace. Verse 14, it's, it's Romans 6, verse 14, sin is no longer your master. And, and for a moment, you experience that. And some of us, for pretty good little seasons, we experience that, right, over, over this habit or that habit. And I, and I just want to encourage you to, to study. Where, where, where is that coming from? I, I mean, it's coming from, it's from, coming from God. It's the power of the blood. He took away your sin. He became sin for you. And now you can live a life of grace. And we really can't have that, right? So it's our daily habits. It's our daily choices. It's the small things that bring us up out of that. It's making that decision ahead of time and then maintaining it, and then we can come up out of there, right? It's one of my favorite scriptures. I'll give it to you, and then I'll, 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 I'll share. Uh, the scripture says it's the little foxes. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Anybody in here, uh, gardeners, there's some little 
tiny creatures that destroy your garden. It, it's not it's not the big creatures that's enabled, able to eat your garden all in a bite. It's the caterpillars and the bugs and the little foxes. When it comes to your money, do you know that 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 it's not five thousand dollar purchases that injure your bank account? You're too slick to fall for that. But five dollars at a time, you'll go into poverty, and you'll and you'll lose what you have, and you'll squander the 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 blessing. You'll squander your paycheck. Five dollars at a time, it'll get you. Somebody taught me a, about five years ago, and it really stuck with me. And, and one of the most monumental choices that I ever made and have kept to. Now, every now and again, I'll mess up, but. The quick rip, the gas station. I don't even go in there. It'll injure me. And it'll injure my bank account. Because they're gonna get me for seven dollars every time every time I go in there. Because I want a Sprite and a Snickers and probably a honey bun and used to a pack of cigarettes. So whenever I go to the gas station, because my 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 desire for those things has not left, I still like Snickers and I still like Sprites and I still like honey buns. So my my desire for those things has not left, but my desire to to be a good steward of what God's given me and to build something with my life. So whenever I go to the gas station, I pay at the pump. That's how I manage that thing, right? That's just a daily, that's just a small step that I've used to, to, to manage that thing, right? When it comes to your relationships, the reason that you and your wife is, is not in good relationship and, and at, a, at, a, at a not a good place, is it because you got in... The, the one fight, is it because of that one biggest fight that you got in where, where she said the meanest stuff she's ever said and you said the meanest things you ever said and, and you did this and she did that? Is that the reason that y'all are at a, a crossroads where you're butting heads? No, I don't think it is. I think it's the daily words, the smallest words, the, the words that you say the most often on a regular basis that chip away at and erode at the heart of your spouse and the integrity of your relationship is those small things that chip away and erode at. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So that principle is biblical. But the good news of Christ is, one, I ain't, I ain't no longer a slave to sin. My spirit's been made brand new whenever I accept, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, yes, my soul and yes, my body are still in the process of transformation and change, and I have to renew my mind daily by the Word of God, and I have to listen to, to worship songs that got the Word of God in them, and I have to be around people that's going to call me up and call me out and speak the Word of God into me, right? But the same principle of the little foxes that spoil the vine is, is true on the flip side of the coin.
And it's the little victories. It's the little daily successes. It's those small steps that you can make today and in this moment that'll make the difference that'll build something around you. A life that's 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 not gonna be burned up whenever you stand before the throne, right? Because everything's gonna be tested with fire, right? That's what the scripture says. Last scripture. Paul said, be careful with what you build, whether it's wood or hay or straw or diamonds or, or jewels or rubies or uh, whatever he said. He said about five or six things there. He said, be careful with what you build, he said, because in the last day, he said, everybody's work, what they built, is going to be tested. He said, and if what you built with was, was, was perishable, then it'll be burned up in the fire. And then his very next statement is so, so critical. He says, your work will be burned up in the fire. He said, but you will escape and get, her in, get to enter into heaven, but like one smelling like smoke, like you, like you was in the house when it caught on fire, right? That's what he says. He says, you still get to enter in, but it's your work that gets burned up. So that's what I was talking about when I started this. It, it's the parable between, it's, the, it's the, the paradox between salvation and sanctification. Salvation, a, am I actually going to heaven or not, and can I be in a relationship with Jesus? That's right here. And then sanctification, is Jesus really committed to, to making me brand new and, and bringing me through this thing step at a time. The process is doing the 12 steps, reading the Word of God, implementing daily steps to, to, to bring me into victory. See, that's the part where my soul and my body's got to be renewed, and I have to engage in that process. But isn't it, isn't it so sweet whenever we can understand that that even though my soul ain't just right, and even though my body ain't just right, I can be secure in the promise of God, which is that the Holy Spirit's been implanted in me as a deposit that he's coming back for me. So now since I know that I've been made righteous, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of Jesus' sacrifice. That can't ever be taken away from me. So like Pastor Keith said, so now I don't have to live in a place where I'm striving for righteousness. Now I can live from a place of I'm already righteous and I can just, I can just learn how to walk that out day by day. I'm living from a place of righteousness is my strength and my grace instead of i'm looking for righteousness where is it whenever we understand that principle man it, it, it's a game changer for the rest of our life lord deposit that in my spirit that i don't ever forget it in jesus name so lord we just thank you that that you made a way for us god you made a way for us to 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 enter into to eternity with you, God. You made a way for us to enter into relationship and, and to be friends with you, God. You made a way for us. And thank you, Lord, that also, God, you have you have lined out steps and processes and ways, God, that, that we can draw nearer to you, God, and we can be successful in this life and on this earth in Jesus' name. 
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, for those of you that, that know that you know that you've been born again, you've, you've made that decision and you've accepted God into your heart, I, I just want to ask you right now, what habit do you need to make or break in order to, to, to live in the kingdom and to be a productive member of the kingdom and to achieve the purpose and the will of God on the earth in your life? Just ask God that question and do business with him right now and make a decision, make a step, and write it down on paper clearly, definably. But for those of y'all that, that's wondering like, hey, you know these habits and stuff is all good, but, but, but I hadn't made that decision and I'm not sure about where I'd go and I really would like the benefit of having the, the king of all creation and the God of the universe, I would really like the benefit of having him be able to speak to me and, 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 and guide me along. But even more than that, I, I, I need to know that my eternity is secure. And if he's really that good, then I really want to be in relationship with him. If that's you tonight, we're about to pray together. And I, and I just ask you to slip your hand up if, if you want to make that decision today. You want to make God your your Savior, your Lord. You want to make the decision to be saved. Just slip your hand up. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done in us and everything that you're doing through us. Lord, I pray a special anointing on everyone in here that, Lord, that they'd be good students of your word and good students of you and good students of life, Father, and that you would also make them good teachers, God. Lord, you reconcile us, and then you give us the ministry of reconciliation, Father. Let that sink deep into the heart of every man and woman in this room and online. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, like I said, y'all have a great week. And if it's your first time, please grab a gift off the table on your way out. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.